A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw and SmackDown, but also the Wednesday Night War between AEW and NXT pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to Monday Night Raw. Uh, Michael Hamlet still, of course, recovering from COVID. Thank you to everyone who sent lovely messages to him uh, over the weekend, over the last week on Twitter, at Michael Hamlet. All the good vibes you can send to him. But uh, Michael Sidgwick, there's a reason you and I don't normally sit down and look ahead to Monday Night Raw. Um, because I sense you're not like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens with Randy Orton and the Fireball. Yeah, I'm not particularly interested in that. But the good thing is, is that I'm allowed to bury this show. I'm allowed to say it's probably going to be a bit rubbish because the new thing is, like, the WWE mutant stand will say, oh, yeah, Raw sucks. You know, SmackDown's great. SmackDown season three of The Wire. So that's fine. I probably won't get buried for hating the show because it's a tactic. It's a tactic to make their mid thing appear brilliant because Raw is used as the uh, woman the girl they hired to make uh, Meg look less ugly. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Um, Yet again, and I realise there are ongoing issues with with WWE due to the ongoing global bastard, hence why a lot of people did sort of double double duty last week. But yet again, they have advertised one thing, or at most two things for tonight's show. Uh, Alexa Bliss versus Asuka, which we will get onto in due course. And... What's next for Randy Orton after he got blinded by a fireball? Look, here's the thing. Um, I don't even know if I'm necessarily being facetious because I do believe WWE, well, Raw, obviously, you know, not the show that's um, written by the same people, but Raw obviously is dumb enough to do what might not necessarily be the most facetious um, fantasy booking or preview here. If you look at the bits of the story, They've already done kind of out of nowhere. Not really because they did set fire to the fiend. Um, Here's the thing. They arrived at the Firefly Funhouse match to begin with because 
Bray Wyatt was set alight inside a box and the fiend recovered, emerged from the box, like unharmed, unburnt, unburnt to a crisp, to paraphrase <laughs> Brian Alvarez. Um, and yet he was burned to a crisp at TLC. So that made no sense to me. But look, here's the thing. When WWE decides to do a stipulation match, right, they are not particularly subtle about the way in which they will arrive at it. So suddenly what you'll see is when there's going to be a tables match, you will see just tables make an appearance, mm. even more so than usual on WWE programming. When they are promoting the Money in the Bank ladder match, if they don't, FFS actually have them sit on top of ladders and just position themselves very vulnerably. <laughs> um, like they will attack each other with ladders because you are thick and you will not understand that a ladder match is imminent if the combatants in the ladder match are going to attack one another with ladders. So on that train of thought, right, if they are building towards a match and a weapon is used, in this instance, a fireball, you must pay strict attention. Are they going to have a fireball match? Oh, my God. At Royal Rumble? Or, because Randy Orton was selling an eye injury at the cliffhanger, if you like, of last week's episode, are they going to do a blindfold inferno match? Oh, my God. (laughs) It, It might happen. I mean, I'm just... I'm trying to preview this as best I can. I'm trying to use precedent of what they do. However, there is another precedent, and that is they will simply just do something dumb on TV and then never acknowledge it again. I'm referring back here to when Karrion Cross was the last person in WWE mm. or Scarlet Bordeaux to launch a fireball in someone's face. And if I remember rightly, it was just a mid-overlong normal match between Keith Lee and Karrion Cross yep. at that particular takeover. He didn't sell an eye injury. They sold it on the TV, but it was fine. He recovered in time for the match, which has got no drama to it, by the way. No meaning, no point. No. So, look, this could be just some bollocks they've done or that they will not really sell at the match itself, or it might be a tell as to which stipulation match they're going into because... Even WWE, you'd expect, aren't dumb enough to do this ridiculously OTT stipulation, the Firefly Funhouse Inferno match, or whatever it was friggin' called, and then just do a normal match. I've said this a million times before. I don't understand why they didn't just go, right, okay, Bray Friot has died at TLC. Let's just tease his return because there's no need to bring him back as soon as we, as, you know, the next month or like like you and I discussed, them going, oh, I wonder how Wyatt's going to respond to dying on pay-per-view. Just tease his return and then have a Firefly Funhouse match again at WrestleMania because we all know it's not going to be the same as any other previous WrestleManias aside from last year's. We all know that that concept actually works. We've all talked about it in the past, in fact, in the past, um, that we've got so much content to work with with Randy Orton. So just have it there. But like you say, that it feels like they're rushing through everything to maybe get to a, some sort of Firefly Funhouse match, but with fun. It's so arse backwards, this. They've already done the fire match, the Firefly Inferno match, whatever you want to call it. I wouldn't be sodding surprised if they had a catch-as-catch-can match in Royal Rumble. So who knows? My prediction for tonight 
I think they the last last report I read on WWE.com was like minor facial burns that Randy Orton has suffered. So maybe we'll get another eye patch someone wearing on, on Monday Night Raw because we haven't seen a lot of that in the last six to 12 months. And who knows, maybe in this Alexa Bliss and Asuka match, which we're going to move on to now because I cannot be asked to talk about this anymore and speculating on the bollocks that WWE are going to come up with could take us all day. Maybe Randy Orton's going to slither in midway through this Asuka Alexa Bliss match, go to RKO Alexa Bliss, but one of his eyes is hurt, so he's got no depth perceptions. We just RKO just like RKO's now. like the, the it's something invisible one meter away from her face. Yeah. Oh, please yeah. let that happen. That would be fantastic. No, you're onto something there. What's going to happen is that Randy Orton probably will wear an eye patch. He probably will attempt to interfere in Asuka versus Alexa Bliss. And then, oh, the monitors are going out. Yeah. The Zoom call is being interrupted. Yeah. Do you think we'll see The Fiend tonight? The fact I wrote that as a tease for last week when we are, like I said, what, a month removed from TLC speaks volumes. So uh, what are the stakes here? Can you imagine Randy Orton when The Fiend does and will return, trying to give him an RKO? So that's probably not going to work. Because you incinerated him and he came back in a month. Like, there's just even that's a thing. Like, people can say, Oh, you're being snarky about it. It's just their particular approach to storytelling. They do over the top storytelling and it's this new heightened thing. It's a supernatural character. You shouldn't apply what you like in pro wrestling to this. It's something that is different. And whether that is for you or not is another matter. But even judging by like itself whether you like that thing or not ultimately at some point because it's wrestling because it is wrestling randy orton is going to attempt to do a wrestling move to the fiend or bray wyatt and it's going to be ridiculous because well, why bother what's an rko gonna do seriously what is an rko going to do when you incinerated this man to a crisp no one came out to extinguish him I saw his sunken, charred body with my own eyes, and he's going to come back. You can't do an RKO to this person without the establishing story rendering it completely and utterly farcical. To be honest, I'm just glad Monday Night Aurora remembered their women's champion this week. Because last week I was there going, you need someone to work or long matches or double duty, and you've got Asuka right there, and you're going... We need more Lacey Evans on Monday Night Raw. Uh, yeah, Asuka is going to face uh, Alexa Bliss non-title match tonight. Uh, there was a vote on WWE's Twitter I saw for this, and I thought, oh, you know, I'll have a look. And not no finish is not an option. Allegedly, it is pick either of them. Who do you reckon's going to win? And it was pretty close to 50-50 when I had a look. But this isn't going to a finish, is it? Am I heavily doubt it? Um... I suspect Randy Orton will make his presence felt. You'll get the... The Zoom monitor's going off. It won't go to a finish. Very few WWE TV matches do. Um, It's a strange one, this, because they have a lot of stock in Alexa Bliss. They love putting her on TV. They love just having her act. In parallel, they appear to have just lost interest in Asuka. She is variously not there or Charlotte Flair's mate. 
I understand that they he's only been champion for half a year, pulling out great matches all the time. Yeah, I mean, nah, nah, it's not a good thing. It's just what's happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one of those where it depends. She's bound to lose this title at some point. They appear to have lost interest in it. It's whether they have the um, patience to actually do Charlotte Flair versus Asuka too, at least in terms of the WrestleMania um, program or whether they just put the title on Alexa Bliss, which a non-title victory will bring closer together. Um, look, Oscar's title reign is long for this world. You can tell by the apathetic manner in which he's been presented. So it's just to pick him at this point, whether they actually go with Alexa Bliss or Charlotte Flair at Mania. I should correct myself. He hasn't been champion for over half a year for the entirety of it all. Because there's all that bollocks with Sasha Banks and Carrie Sane getting beaten up backstage and all that crap. So, yes, correction there. But I completely agree. Whilst you and I could sit here and very easily say, hey, maybe you could just re-establish Asuka as this dominant champion who beats Charlotte Flair, who quite clearly has come back and pretended to be a baby face as so she can get in and around that title picture. And then you go, oh, I don't know. Let's have Shayna Baszler start being mint again. And then you've got two people where you can go, look at how good they were until we ruined them on the main roster and then have them fight for the title. But it's quite clear, in my opinion, that you're going to have the title switch to Charlotte Flair, probably at the chamber, because that's normally when they sort of flip-flop these sorts of things. And then Rhea Ripley is going to come in and go, all right, let's have our match again, but properly this time at the stadium that I went to before I got all emotional and then lost on the grandest stage of them all. And that's probably what I'm going to do. Do you know what they should do? I've just realised as you were talking then, let's just have a laugh. Let's just make a bit of slapstick comedy. So mid-match, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, all the bollocks that you've talked about there. You keep all that in. Yeah, fine. Have you have you filled? Drag it out because we've got three hours to fill it off. The talent can't work. So, you know, we've got to kind of do what we can. But what if this, instead of him coming in and being a tosser like he always is, what if Randy Orton changes his act up a little bit? A little bit slapstick, Michael Sidrick, right? So he, he comes in or he's inexplicably doing commentary because they would do something like that. And he's got his eye patch on, right? And they go, oh, oh bloody hell, Randy. That was, that was a bit much last week, wasn't he? Like, oh, yeah. You, I mean, I'm a man who likes his fire, but Jesus, she took it too far there, right? And he goes, oh, he's, oh, throughout the show, right? Because they love they love stories throughout the show, Max. Stories throughout the show. He's rubbing in this cream. He's got given this cream. It's not Oosie Hot Cream, don't worry. We're not going to... No, 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 but he's, he's rubbing this cream. He's going, you know what? Make my eyes better. My eyes get better, if anything. I might be all right, you know. My eyes better. My eyes better. My eyes better. <laughs> Main event time, right? He rubs it and he goes, you know what, guys? He's putting his hand in front of his face. He's looking deeply into Byron Saxton's eyes. He goes, my eyes better. My eyes better. Gets up inexplicably. Gets up. Climbs in the ring, right? He's not going to get interfere in the match. He's just so happy that he's up. both of his eyes still work. Takes his eye patch off. Asuka goes to miss Alexa Bliss and he gets sprayed in the eye again. Oh, it's in his eyes. Oh, no, he's blind again. I would enjoy that. I would yeah. enjoy that a great deal. I would enjoy that a great deal. Yes. Some of that, please. Some of that. <laughs> Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music. 
in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Let's move on and talk about the rest of this god-awful show. Just a quick reminder here. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling rated, please, God, for us to review instead of uh, Monday Night Raw segments, you can do so by subscribing to What Called Dressing. Leave us a five-star review on there. Uh, of course, Drew McIntyre will not be there this week, you would assume. I believe he tested positive on the 10th, if I'm correct. So he's still got a period of, of isolation. Thankfully, we're reading in the news today that the legends seemingly are uh, unaffected, negative tests, etc. Uh, for the 60 and 70 year olds were not, that were knocking around with the WWE champion a few weeks back. Um, we saw them last week just doing loads of double duty with the likes of Jeff Hardy and Keith Lee and Sheamus winning a match together and then going, let's have another fight. How do they fill this McIntyre void, Michael Sidgwick? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, look, they could do the dueling satellite promos, which they are quite fond of doing mm. uh, in the side-by-sides. They're quite fond of doing that under normal circumstances when people are present for a brawl anyway. Um, look at the way they usually book these things. I think Goldberg would be resistant to doing anything physically, so I think we're not going to see anything markedly different to that which we would have seen play out. Look, they can do side-by-side satellite interview, save some a flight on Goldberg. Goldberg doesn't have to be around. He can just sort of stay at home and do it there. Obviously, McIntyre can't. So the best possible workaround I can see is one of those testy... Um, video conferences, if Mm. you like, side-by-side promos. And I really hope that they can do something to just refocus and rebalance what the storyline actually is because, um, per reports, the original angle was just wildly confusing in which Goldberg 
about an hour after McIntyre had said, let's do the Hulk up pose. Mm-hmm. I'm a mark. I respect you, racist man, to paraphrase um, Brian Pillman. <laughs> Goldberg came out and said, no, you don't respect the legends. What? So that <laughs> odd. Um, McIntyre's promo last week was pretty strong and he did kind of address that. But I would like, just because I'm pedantic and just because these things do tend to matter, I would like Goldberg to just um, explain what he meant a little bit just so I can get that little really weird element of this program, which, you know, otherwise, as I said, it's something on Raw that's going to make me not want to look at my phone. It's got star power. It's not going to go on too long. I'm in a position now just having a sort of a a residual love for the old Goldberg, right? Tied with a contrarian, oh, he's going to beat the Fiend and you're going to be annoyed, even though I've been telling you this sort of thing will always happen. So I've had a contrarian and earnest support of Goldberg but that's evaporated because he's been the absolute drizzles um, in the ring on his last one, two or three um, appearances. So all that's dead. I want Drew McIntyre to claim more his head off. I genuinely do, but I want them to want me to want it. Yeah, it has such a simple formula that I, I enjoyed it for what it was, that match with Dolph Ziggler. Just have him just yeah, I love that. through some, some job. Like that's, that's where you position it now. You had your fun with Brock Lesnar but he doesn't need to be in and around the title picture. He can still be a drawer and get loads of eyes on your product by just targeting or having a feud with someone who isn't a world champion. But I I don't know what, like you say, obviously there was issues with a couple of weeks ago with that confrontation because timing and McIntyre. But like, what would McIntyre have had to have said off the back of, like you said, that, you know, throughout the show, the whole, oh, I'm respectful, and you know, it's really nice to have someone like you, Hulk Hogan, giving me support, et cetera, et cetera. What would he have had to have grabbed the mic and suddenly just transformed and gone, well, you're all a bunch of dickheads. Did you watch that? After he beats Keith Lee. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like McIntyre should just come out and go, look, mate, I don't know why you've got an issue with me. I don't know if you've headbutted too many doors or whatever it is. But, like, I, I just think McIntyre takes himself seriously when he needs to but also the whole thing that got him over a year ago was the fact he was a bit banter so acknowledge the fact that Goldberg like have McIntyre end the the conference by going I'm gonna pull my best Goldberg impression and headbutt his laptop to end the call or something here's the thing regardless of what McIntyre was going to say before time ran short and they had to sort of just create this plot hole even before he said what he was going to say that was going to miff Goldberg, his entire character since he became champion, because they've leaned on the legends thing, is kind of a consistent thread, is that he's almost the custodian of like the old way of doing things. He's going to be a fair, honourable champion. He's going to try and make WWE better than how he found it. He is going to respect the institution he is going to respect the title. He's going to respect everyone who paved the way. Like they've been doing this sort of persona for, for McIntyre, like for about a year. Yeah. So it wouldn't have resonated as anything credible, even if it had have happened, even though it didn't. You're definitely onto something there, Wilborn. I do like the idea of McIntyre. Acknowledge it. We all saw it. It was all weird. It kind of needs to be corrected. That's perfect, Wilborn. That would kind of explain why Goldberg basically came out and said a load of bollocks. McIntyre could then and should to get like a little bit of a popper out of the, the fans say, well, you know, you should be headbutting walls and then it might make some sense. Then Goldberg can 
take those words and say, look, what I meant two weeks ago was that you're a suck-up. I've seen what you're trying to do with the legends. Do you think I would have done something like that in my time? Do you think I would have spent a year in Goldberg, in WCW, killing everyone in sight, but then sucking up the Hulk Hogan? Mm. Yeah. No. You're a sap. You're a mark. Everyone's a mark for my era because I'm a bigger star than you are. That would further the idea that Goldberg's the heel here. It would intensify everyone's emotions ahead of the big claim or kick from this old arsehole who's come back and people don't like him because, you know, he's not a full-time guy made in WWE's laboratory, which actually doesn't happen. So that's <laughs> the best way to do it. Have Drew McIntyre bury him for being like a locker headbutting lunatic. Goldberg saying, well, you're a mark. You've been acting like a mark for a year. There's a reason why people like me come back. It's because people don't want marks. They want stars. And that's your story. Yeah. Like, have a bit of self-awareness about this, and you might be able to get something uh, decent out of the back of it. Tell you what, we're fixing everything on Monday Night Raw today, Michael Sidgwick. Let's, let's tackle some big ones here. Can WWE salvage Ricochet? No. Well, we tried. No, but in all seriousness, obviously, we've been talking over the last few weeks a lot about Ricochet. He was missing, I believe, on last week's show. There was speculation about him leaving and then clarification about how long he's contact. I think he's there till 2023, 24, maybe. It's a long time he's still going to be there. So maybe do something with one of the most talented professional wrestlers on the planet. Just a thought. If if you were booking him, like... Is it do they, do they just have to wipe this slate clean and move him to SmackDown, or can you still do stuff with stuff with him on the Monday Night Raw? Because I'm thinking, like, if you want to do some salvage thing and get him in a position that he maybe could compete for something like Money in the Bank, for example, um, later on this year, is there a way you can have him beat over the course of now to WrestleMania? everyone in the hurt business like with that like if he goes through and says you know what you know i've, I've had enough i saw what you did to riddle last week for example even though it's com- kind of completely justified because he lost and then went all right i'll fight the guy with street clothes then <laughs> right but if he comes out and says you know what i've had enough of this hurt business i'm challenging you and then at the rumble he obviously just has a mint match against cedric alexander and then at the chamber he has a mint match against shelton benjamin and then on tv he has a good match against MVP. No offense to MVP, but, you know, he's going to get the best matches out of those two. And then, at WrestleMania, it's the big match, Bobby Lashley, Ricochet, United States Championship. Is that a route to saving this this guy who it's inexplicable that they've messed up? But it isn't, because he can't talk as well as they think he should, but uh, I, worry, I worry about Ricochet. I worry about Ricochet. Not really. Um, he should be worried about other people and not, like, going to bloody bars in Florida with 15 people there. Mm. Um, the thing about Ricochet, right, is that he, WWE at this point, can't get over talents that suit getting over in WWE. Someone like Riddle, and again, I'll lean on this example because it is illustrative of the decline. Their inability to do something with Riddle, and again, it's no great shame. But he's a guy who can do stupid comedy of which they are beloved. He can... Uh, enamored sorry he can work he's got an easygoing presence he literally wears the big smile out there that Mm -hmm. they instruct and still can't get him over because they are fundamentally useless the thing about ricochet is that he isn't going to get over within the parameters of how wwe just does tv like they won't let him work the style of matches he did in new japan and pwg 
It's just not the in-house rhythm, pace. Um, it's not the allow, amount of content they allow in a certain match. It's just going to endure rest holds and it's boring and it's just not how you maximise the performer of Ricochet's particular attributes. Mm-hmm. The in-house style suffocates that which he is great before we even begin to ponder that which he isn't, which is talking. He's cringe on that mic. He is incredibly cringeworthy to a point that even when they give him serviceable material, I still think he struggles with the scripted promos. I've been on record as hating the, the scripted pro, promo model for so long because Ricochet, believe it or not, if you've only seen him in WWE, he can't get over as a talker to a degree because if you create this um, way of having your talents communicate, i.e. in the New Japan press conference, pseudo press conference system, you don't have to try and do these jokes or memorize all this material. You can simply speak authentically like a human being. And even if you're not particularly engaging or charismatic, you still will resonate as, oh, well, he's a real person. He's a real competitor. And if they stumble, and if they stumble, they can be sort of prompted via the question. You don't have to ask just open-ended questions. More natural, more logical way of doing it, which they don't do. So Ricochet isn't particularly like, he's a physically charismatic wonder but in terms of being on that microphone like he's just not a tv star he is not a tv star that is going to hinder him badly in wwe because beyond that one awesome moment in nxt where they realized hang on this guy can't really talk let's have him issue challenges by doing these incredible feats of agility that completely transfix and worry his opponents like that famous gif of him vaulting in front of velveteen dream um, that was when NXT was really, really strong at storytelling. WWE's main roster hasn't been as strong as that in about two decades. Like Ricochet's knackered. Like Ricochet's absolutely knackered. And uh, yeah, the end. But if you do want to do my sort of storyline, I'd couple it with what Sid just said there and just have Bobby Lashley think, because it's Bobby bloody Lashley, hoy him out of the ring, turn his back and go, oh, I wonder how he's crashed and burned there. And then turn around and he's perfectly fine, landed on his feet, and you do the whole, well, the the Velveteen Deep Dream response of just like, what? How has he got out of that? But that's a good good idea. That is a good idea. And pro wrestling itself is a physical storytelling medium. Mm. Like the promos have always been great, like in the days of yore. Like the big five promotions always been just ideal to sell it, like the trash talk, the bravado. It's all perfectly suited to what pro wrestling is but at the same time is you can tell stories without uttering a single word that is the benefit of having a pro wrestling promotion like you don't need exposition you don't need jokes you don't need overly long verbal exchanges you simply don't need it and you should apply your performers and put them into contexts in which they don't have to look like dicks like Ricochet so often does just be more inventive, be more creative, rip up your, your, your style guide. Considering WWE loves legends and history, Sting did pretty well when he didn't say much, didn't he? Did pretty yeah, no. well off the back of that. Ricochet had a similar kind of mystique in NXT, which they leaned on knowing that he couldn't talk. It's all very basic. I mean, they've got Paul Heyman doing the creative there. Like, how can't they apply his biggest best lesson like accentuate the positives hide the negatives like it's a bit of a this is all very incidental now but you know we're getting more advert money by droning on <laughs> Paul Heyman wasn't the very best at holding himself to that standard this is a guy who put the Sandman in 20 minute matches 
So even though he's a bit of a hypocrite, the actual maxim, whether he applied it correctly all of the time or not, mm. still holds true. Accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. You've got 40 writers. You've got 40 people on that creative team and they are all there to provide synonyms of beat up, brutalize, annihilate, eviscerate. Like you, Just get a theosaurus to do that <laughs> job and then get people on the creative end who instead can realize the value of a performer and try and write TV around them rather than having tropes that these performers who can't talk have to then fit into. It's just asinine, ridiculous way of doing things. Exactly. Right, one final thing to talk about, Sige. Uh, what do we expect is going to go down with the new couple of Monday Night Raw, that being Lacey Evans and Rick Sodding Flair? When I say they can't book, you know, I'm not just being snarky or I'm not doing it for the sake of it. Like, they can't book. Ultimately, every single storyline in professional wrestling exists to build anticipation ahead of a pro wrestling match. We have seen at least two very recent matches between Charlotte Flair and Lacey Evans, whether they were in a tag match, which can function to build a singles match if you keep the interactions to a minimum. If you have a big schmoz, the second that action's heating up, like you can build a singles match via a tag team match. New Japan do it to a plum virtually every tour. What is the interest in Lacey Evans and Ric Flair beyond... Ugh, that's a bit of a car crash. I might as well watch that. Beyond that, which is clearly the sort of shock value they're going for, I've already seen the match last week. Yeah. And it was crap. And it was crap as well. Like, it was pretty objectively crap. Wasn't well worked. Very uneven in quality. Almost fell off the rails. The finish was piss poor. They are <laughs> trying to build a match. We've already seen the match. The match we've seen wasn't very good. Between heel Lacey Flair, Lacey Flair, heel Lacey Evans. That's what they're doing this week. She's taking his name. I know. Oh, that'd be a good idea. So they're building a match. We've already seen that wasn't very good. Between the heel Lacey Evans and the theoretical babyface Charlotte Flair, who acts like a heel because she's a bit of a dick to my dad. Like a bit of a cruel dick. So who do I care about? In this match that I've already seen that I don't want to see again because the match was crap. Like, they can't book. I just love the idea as well. Though. We report the news this morning. Oh, thank, phew, thank goodness. You know, the, the legends that could have been exposed to the deadly coronavirus, the, the pandemic that swept the world over the past year, that it's at, that it's at its most transmissible right now. And they've gone, time to get Ric Flair back as a full, full-time uh, member of the roster, I think. In- yeah, I mean, that inexplicable. They'll probably make light of it as well. They'll probably have a bit with them snuggled up under the covers saying, trust me, we weren't social distancing last night or some bollocks yeah. like that. It's well, going to be... My, well, my penis was inside of her. <laughs> <laughs> that is the subtlety of WWE right there. <laughs> well, you know what? In a perverse way, Michael Sidgwick, you've made me sort of look forward to Monday Night Raw tonight. I'm glad. I'm glad. You you will not feel like this at half five tomorrow morning. I guarantee. Yes, 
the return of Michael Hamlet tomorrow for the Raw review. Fingers crossed. <laughs> what, what? I mean, no offence, and I'm not in, encouraging this behaviour, but if that was me and, it, and I'd go, you know what, I, I might be all right to come back to work tomorrow. What day is it? The Raw review. Oh, I think I might need a few more days and maybe I'll come back on Thursday when we can talk about NXT and AWA. But yes, hopefully we will see Michael Hamper back. Regardless, join us for the Raw review tomorrow. You can get that by subscribing to What Culture Wrestling, uh, wherever you get your podcast from. And as I said, leave a five-star review, suggest something short, crap and wrestling related for us to review instead of, well, we're going to talk about Lacey Evans and Ric Flair getting up to stuff. So something else, some unimportant match that they're going to hoy on for 20 minutes tonight. Uh, but do let us know your thoughts ahead of Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn, and you can send Michael Hamlet your good vibes at Michael Hamlet. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. But this has been the Raw Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.